and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers and the Grass-Fed Gourmet. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. Alice laughed. There's no use trying, she said. One can't believe in possible things. I dare say you haven't had much practice, said the Queen. When I was your age, I always did it for half an hour a day. Why, sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. I've been reminded this week of the importance of believing the impossible. They don't know I've been crying. I give them credit for persistence. They'd shown up the first time right after we'd closed, and I uncharacteristically turned them away. Sorry, we're closed, I've called out as they'd walked in the door. They shrugged their shoulders, settled for a pint of ice cream as their lunch, and took it outside to eat it. I might as well have shouted, We're closed! all Saturday long. But I guess I didn't need words. My distress cast a pall over the entire place, soundlessly warning everyone but my most intrepid regulars to drive on by, find someone else to cook your damn breakfast. There was no dancing in the kitchen, no slipping out the front door for a visit with customers, just flipping eggs and pancakes, then ducking out back to listen to crickets and stare at the bone-set Joe Pieweed in the mountains surrounding the creek bed. Ron and Jean aren't there. This is the second Saturday in a row they've missed. Candy came by the farm to tell us they'd taken him to the emergency room when he was having trouble breathing last week, fearing COVID. But... It isn't COVID. It's an atypical leukemia. And at his age and with his complications, the latest word was that the doctors weren't giving him a fighting chance. Before we left for our camping trip, Bob and I had agreed to take on their golden retriever, Journey, because Jeannie couldn't care for her and keep up with the hospital demands. 
Our household dog pack has increased by 25% with this two-year-old Golden, whose favorite pastimes so far are wallowing in mud puddles and chasing cars. But I cling to her company as my only chance to fill what I'm fearing will be a gaping hole in my life. Ron and Jeannie have been a part of my world since I befriended one of their daughters in fifth grade. They pulled me into community theater with her, cracking at my introverted shell, pushing me to share my voice and spirit with the audience. As the farm and the written word consumed more and more of my focus, they stayed with me. Ron created a file on his computer to save every one of my essays. When my words turned into books and the books turned into lectures, he'd show up and sit in the front row laughing at every one of my jokes. When Bob and I announced our cockamamie plan to put a cafe in the middle of West Fulton, he and Jeannie bought two of the commemorative mugs that we sold off as fundraisers. And from the first week we were open, they've been regular customers. From their seats at table five, they dragged Sersha out of her introversion and pushed her up on stage. Then they pulled on Ula and eventually even Bob. Table five has always been full and rowdy, either with guests they've brought or with new folks they befriend while sitting over breakfast. It has also been known to burst into song, pulling the other customers from their cloistered isolation into a raucous chorus. Change has been the only constant since March. I've rolled with it and adapted repeatedly, changing our sales, changing our marketing, changing our services, changing our dining area, changing our processing, changing our jobs, finding money, spending money, losing money, losing employees, gaining a third kid, gaining a fourth dog. I've listened with patience and compassion as my customers have confronted change in their own lives. I've repeatedly reminded everyone I know that life will go easier if we can just roll with the changes. Stop expecting someone else to fix the problems. Learn to adapt. But the news about Ron breaks me. This is one change I am not willing to adapt to. I can't cope with being in this space that we share while he's hooked up to tubes and probes and strapped down to a bed on the third floor of a hospital an hour away, weak with doctors studying him as though he's a statistical math and biology problem and not the source of vibrance that makes a room hum with life and song when he enters it. I've hit a wall and suddenly it all just seems like too much. I want to quit everything. I don't care there are no customers today. I don't want any anyway. And hence my tears as we open for dinner. Bob and I don't even hang the open flag. We just sit at one of the patio tables and stare at the road. That's when those two customers who bought the ice cream come back. I dry my eyes before they reach the patio and we muster some welcoming smiles, but we don't get up. They sit down. We keep our chairs six feet away but point them at them and ask for their story. Maybe they are expecting to pay me to cook their dinner, but with the day I'm having, I still need someone to sing for their supper. Their story is that... They were meandering through Schoharie County looking at houses for sale when they realized they were near Sapbush Cafe the first time. 
It turns out they are here just as much for us as for the food. They have the small farm dream. They decided to come and meet us in person. We hear about the obstacles they face, the lack of land, the lack of family support, the lack of money, the lack of experience. No farm comes to fruition easily. Mom and Dad come down for a beer and join in the conversation. Listening to these newcomers at the start of their journey, it all just seems so impossible. Except it isn't. It can be done. It's been done by thousands, and it should be done by thousands more. But the struggles and barriers are part of the worthiness. If a farm came into fruition with ease, the harshness of the life and business would drive people out. I think it's the process of working through the barriers and the hardships that are the genesis of commitment. And commitment is what keeps a farmer on the land, even when the going gets tough. I know this because I've been in this life for 46 years now. I also know that paying too much attention to obstacles and facts can ruin a perfectly good dream. I've had professors tell me with authority that I would never make it as a writer. We started Sapbush Hollow after the state had labeled it as non-viable farmland. I've had experts tell me my visually impaired kid may never learn to read, ride a bike, or operate a motor vehicle, much less farm equipment. The bank eschewed our plan to build a cafe in a backwater hill town. Yet, all of these things succeeded. With these two people sitting here on the patio, I have left the realm of the impossibilities bandied about regarding Ron and Jean and entered familiar territory. The theoretical impossibilities of farming and nearly every aspect of our lives. I know by virtue of decades of experience that nothing is impossible, especially if an expert deems it so. I eventually cook everyone some supper, then leave them to talk and slip back inside to start cleaning the kitchen and breaking down the espresso machine. And that momentary departure from my woes sheds new light on them. Someday I will lose Ron from my life. But it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be this year. A prognosis is merely one more statistical probability generated by experts with no accounting for the power of the human spirit. Ron's survival is not my choice. But I do get to decide whether to lament the prognosis or dwell in the possibility that there's still more to his life. More growth, more joy, more laughter, and more song. An email blips in from Ron. Not to sound morbid, he writes. But this crap that has invaded my body has ended existence for a lot of folks. My plan, of course, is to not be one of them. As Saturday melts into darkness and I wipe down empty tables, I let that possibility enter my heart. Only at this day's end do I feel the need to allow celebration into it. Pop and I go home to the kids and make Sundays, then sit out on the screen porch with them and our pack of dogs, listening to crickets and getting to know Journey. This podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon, and this week, I'd like to send a shout-out to my patrons Kathy Sellers and Carly Coleman. Thank you, folks. I couldn't do it without you. 
Some of you may have noticed that the old episodes of The Hearth of Setbush Hollow are slowly disappearing from public access. They are not gone. They're just moving over to my Patreon page. If you'd like to help support my work for as little as a dollar a month, you can have access to all the archives anytime you want. Just hop over to Patreon and look up Shannon Haynes. For those of you who've been following straight along, you've learned that Sapbush Hollow Farm, like so many small livestock farms across the nation, has lost access to our federally inspected slaughterhouses due to COVID-related upheaval. If you're one of our customers, please consider purchasing a meat share using our new CSA-style system so that we can continue to process your meat for you. The cuts will be the same and the food will be just as safe and healthful. It's just that the terms of our relationship have to change, where instead of being a customer, you become more of a shareholder. For steeper discounts, you can buy your shares up front. You can learn more about CSA shares at sapbushfarmstore.com. This discussion has sparked a flood of replies from farmers out there. Sapbush Hollow is far from alone in this. In the midst of a food shortage, small farmers are being barred from the legal means to bring their products to market. We need your help. Judith McGeary from Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance tells me that the Prime Act S1620 is soon going before the Senate. It would allow the in-state sale of small farmers' meat processed at state-inspected custom slaughterhouses. Basically, it would enable local food processing for local food. Makes sense, right? And yet, there's a powerful lobby against it claiming that meat processed at state-inspected slaughterhouses would be, quote, unsafe. And yet, every major meat-related foodborne illness has taken place in a USDA facility. What our legislators need help understanding is that safety is a function of animal units overwhelming the system. If you're pushing 20,000 hogs through a USDA meatpacking house in a day, (laughs) then yeah, you need some federal oversight. And even that, as history has shown us, will not correct the problem. The odds of contamination are just too high. But these custom slaughterhouses are operating for the small farmers. They process animals for one farm at a time, and they're moving through maybe 6 to 20 animals in a day. That means it's not a stressed system. Problems can be stopped before they even start. This is a small farm-centric bill. Small farmers get into this business because we like animals. We like them best living, and when we can scratch their ears, watch them contentedly chew their cuds, and even kiss their noses. Yes, we do that. Enabling the small custom slaughterhouses to work with us helps us do what we feel is part of our calling shepherd them through the death process as kindly as possible in a locally-based small-scale system. So please, if you like to eat and you haven't already done so, take a minute to call or write your senator and urge them to sign on to S1620, the Prime Act, to empower the small farmers of this country to save us from the next round of food shortages. Once you've done that, please reach out to your congressional representative in the House and ask them to support H.R. 2859. HR 2859. New York folks, listen up. We really need your help right now. You need to get a hold of Senator Schumer. Your voice is particularly important in this effort because of Senator Schumer's position as Senate Minority Leader. It is vital that he hear from as many New York residents as possible. Also, please make the time to call, not just write. Judith McGeary from Farm and Ranch Freedom says that's where the messages literally get heard. And for those of you who've written to tell me you've reached out, thank you. Here are some bells and whistles of gratitude.
Now, in the event the Prime Act fails, I have a special favor to ask those of you who buy from local farmers. Keep supporting them. We have to change the structure of our businesses and marketing dramatically, and many of us will have to ask you to change with us. We need you to be forgiving, compassionate, and adaptable as we work through these hard times. If you can stick by us through this, it will be a great big win for local food. For some good news, our COVID-19 infection rates continue to hold stable here in New York State and Schoharie County has one of the lowest infection rates in the entire state. So the cafe remains open, but now for my peace of mind, for outdoor dining and takeout only. You can find us Saturdays from 9 to 1 for breakfast and lunch and 5 to 8 for dinner. That said, dinner is just a mom and pop show with Bob and me, so we are accepting no more than 8 guests during the entire shift. This is the magic number where we can balance solvency, safety, service, and sanity. So please email me at shannon at sapbush.com if you want to make a reservation. And for goodness sake, wear your masks. And you know fall must be right around the corner because our blankets have come back from the mill. Each year we send our fleeces to Prince Edward Island where they're woven into the softest wool blankets you've ever felt. They're beautiful, machine washable, and they'll last for generations. We also have our wool processed into organic comforters and pillows. Wool bedding is naturally fire retardant and it enables your skin to breathe easier and helps your body to thermoregulate better than with down or synthetics. Plus, it's all USA product. We can ship our wool bedding anywhere, so scroll on over to sapbushfarmstore.com and check them out. And to my fellow farmers, again, thanks for listening and thanks for the work you're doing. We're navigating through a lot of instability as a nation and as a world. Now, more than ever, we need each other to be there and to hold strong. We're weaving a new food system and we're trying to sow peace and sustenance amidst pain, loss, hatred, and confusion. We can get through this. We can come through this period with a healthier planet, a healthier food system, and with greater justice and kindness. But we need as many people at the table as possible to make it work. So please remember that you cannot execute your calling if you are not well. Take care of yourselves. The work we can do to build health and restore community is endless. But we can only do what the day allows. Please be kind to each other, then get some rest so you can keep going tomorrow. The work will always be there another day. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from memory. Thanks for listening and have a great week.